Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. We are not cannabis scientists, right? Mm-hmm. Not me, not Shrey. So I think we needed to build that confidence in the plant itself and, and you know, to, to go forward. So what we are doing today is, again, not a function of any lobbying or anything. I mean, cannabis was legal in Ayurveda since ever. Even during the NDPS Act, it was not taken out of Ayurveda. It's just that there was the remaining stuff, the research part of it, the scientific validation, the the manufacturing, all that was not, the need was there, but the doctors are aware of it. So we just had to get all those to understand. We came fresh into this market. I mean, it's not like I built a cannabis company and, you know, somewhere else and I came in and did thing in India again. No, we were fresh. So we, again, if you want to build something for the long term, you need to kind of know as much about it as possible. Right? Today, we have Abhishek and Shrey, the founders of Hemp Street, India's first medical cannabis company, a startup developing medicinal remedies based on cannabis to tackle India's biggest problem around pain ailment, starting with chronic pain and menstrual health. They're building a complete end-to-end that is research to retail solutions and responsibly dispensing cannabis medications to over 3,000 clinics and growing at a phenomenal rate to reach over 30 million patients. They're completely organizing their operations based on blockchain technology. Hempstreep is currently disrupting a $70 billion market today. On this episode, we speak about how they started off, what India holds for this industry and significance of Ayurveda. Hi, Abhishek and Shrey. Welcome to the 30 Minute Hustle and thank you so much for making time for us. And I would like you guys to introduce yourself and so, and what has the journey has been so far in founding Ham Street? Sure. Uh, well, I'm co-founder and CEO of Ham Street. Um, and um, yeah, we started Ham Street out, I think long story short, to address some of the mass ailments that you have in India. I think cannabis was the conduit to solve a lot of problems we're looking to solve. Uh, you know, we've come from kind of a venture building background. Shrey will talk about his background as much uh, in Ayurveda. So uh, these were very uh, glaring uh, problems that, you know, uh, were in front of us because of the fact that we were extensively operating in both startup and healthcare. And uh, something had to be done about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, cannabis was the, uh, the best conduit right now to deliver uh, you know, what we're trying to solve. And I think the details we'll discuss on the call. But I think in, in essentially, Hempstreet was built to, to solve some of these mass problems. So, um, Shrey and uh, Abhishek, either one of you, what, what were you guys doing before Hempstreet? What were your backgrounds and how did you guys actually meet? So, uh, I started off, uh, I am I, an engineer uh, as for my education. And I started off working as a business analyst at uh, HP. And that was my initial one year that I was spent. And I was really excited by the startup scenario in general. And that's when I came across uh, Technology 9 Labs, where Abhi is uh, a co-founder. Abhi wears two hats, and he's a co-founder at Technology 9 Labs as well. And uh, that's where we actually first met. And from Technology 9 Labs, I was an entrepreneur in residence over there. And uh, there was an uh, exciting venture in the Rogue Street. And I got the opportunity to, to join in as a co-founder. 
and uh, we basically scaled it from the ground up to Asia's largest network for Ayurveda doctors, Ayurveda practitioners. Where we had basically developed the community for them to discuss about certain things and uh, like discuss case studies and uh, if there are certain requirements, they could request those as well. And then later on, we also started a medicine, medicine commerce engine for the same, wherein we were. Uh, we're basically like uh, fulfilling the needs of the doctor uh, in terms of the fact that uh, an Ayurveda doctor is allowed to stock their own pharmacies. So they need to restock those pharmacies from, uh, on a time-to-time basis and that's what we were supporting them with uh, when it came, came to the medicine commerce side of things. And that's when, like, uh, it, it was during that period that I got a lot of chances to interact with doctors directly. And uh, one of the problems that Abhi also right, rightly pointed out that the doctors face was that the fact that in a chronic pain patient or even in the cases of say post-operative uh, pains as well or something uh, something of that nature they had to rely on uh, allopathic alternatives uh, as opposed to ayurvedic uh, ayurvedic possibilities and uh, we started to read up and uh, cannabis came up again and again when it came to any pain related ailment so we actually uh, ended up going through the samhitas the classical references and uh, we found about 200 to 220 formulations wherein cannabis was being used either as a primary ingredient or as a secondary ingredient. And most of those formulations were geared towards countering some of the other kind of pain. And that's when we started to read about the possibility of tackling mass ailments. And the first ailment that uh, I mentioned earlier is that which was menstrual cramps that we decided to go forward with, with the whole uh, nature of the fact that uh, the only uh, sort of reliance is a painkiller in those situations. Uh, wherein, uh, like, uh, for, the, for the first four days of the, of the cycle, the pain, majority of the women uh, face incredible pain. And, like, by as per the calculation, India alone has over 220 million menstruating women who suffer pain uh, during the menstrual cycle. And uh, that's what we tried try to tackle at that point of time. And we came across this formulation called Triloke Vijayavati, which was our first formulation as well, which, wherein uh, it was basically geared towards tackling soft tissue muscle pain. And it worked superbly well. Our network of doctors appreciated it. And we did a proper round of sampling with a few limited doctors in order to establish a proof of concept. And now we're actually getting into clinical trials as well. Proper evidence-based clinical trials. Interesting. And what is the calling into healthcare for you guys? Like you guys were running a tech company. and No, so so basically Technology Land Labs... uh, I, not out of design, but we ended up having a large, ex, you know, uh, exposure to health tech. So we, one of the companies we uh, we helped build uh, is a doctorate, which is now today, you know, Southeast Asia's largest network of allopathic okay. doctors, right? And then Nirog Street kind of was named and grew out of our studio okay. and uh, became literally actually the world's biggest Ayurveda uh, doctor network. Uh, so as a result, we've been kind of around the healthcare space and with this kind of information flowing through. See, it's it's not a consumer. It's not like a B two C, you know, retail where the only information you get is what the patient's trying to buy. This is a doctor network, right? Both of them, so they tend to have a, a very very high level of, uh, you know, information that flows through it, and that's the horse's mouth, right? You hear, you don't hear from patients what the doctor, what the medic, what the healthcare industry needs. You only hear what they need, right? Uh, but doctors can tell you exactly what what really the the industry needed. And I think I think Shreve encapsulated really well. I think one of the things we also did was to build a world-class institution from the ground up, right? So if you're if you're looking at pain, the alternatives were either nothing, as Shreve mentioned, or it was, you know, certain states opioids off-label. You know what's happening with the opioid crisis in the U.S. Now, if you want to 
if you want to basically replace that, opioids are not bad in their entirety, right? They were dispensed wrong. So that's something we built. We had to, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Shri lifts the heavy weights and that stuff, but we had, we had to build, uh, you know, we came in uh, to the cannabis industry where our first experience was people trying to sell fake shit on fake stuff online. Uh, you know, you had uh, pill mills, you have one doctor prescribing to a, to, you know, everybody, like if you scratch the surface, it's like one doctor, you know, and then we wouldn't say who, but whatever. Uh, it was not changing. Uh, see, at the end of the day, if you deliver anything with the same broken conduit, there's a chance that it will not work, right? I mean, the impact that you want to generate, either from a regulatory point of view, from a health point of view. So I think that's something we kind of sidestepped what was going on because we realized the industry needed something else, right? So uh, so we built this stuff from the ground up. Today, we're probably one of the biggest, the biggest uh, blockchain-linked, uh, yeah. you know, uh, clinic network in the world. Wow. You know, for for an, for a market that uh, has yet to receive a single dollar of venture capital from abroad. I mean, I guess we have, but uh, you know, in in a mainstream way for cannabis, we're still we're. I would say like we're we're doing a China right at this point. When China started going, got going, everything the biggest everything was from China, right? So I think that's so from cannabis we're doing a China because just the the pharmacopoeial depth we have, pharmacopoeia depth we have in Ayurveda plus the the scale of the issues that need to be addressed. So, so uh, what I understood is the fact that this was such a historic sort of like a like a background that we had as in as as in as people from India. Why was this such a sleeping giant that no one really, you know, sort of tapped into? Was it because of the of the um, preconceived notion of what cannabis is generally in India? So, or? Partly the regulatory op- opacity, right? basically the opaque, sorry, opaqueness of the of the regulatory environment. People, it was considered a narcotic, right? Uh, the second is uh, the format in which. Now, if you look at the global cannabis industry, right? I mean, everybody is now like, why is India so late to the party, right? Because the global cannabis industry is an overfunded industry based on what's happened in the last 15 years, right? So, so if India had, if we had, you know, CBD and all that stuff was legal, India would be booming and all that stuff. But that's, that's not what it's about, right? I mean, we have an old history with cannabis. All we need to do is add a scientific validation to it. Whereas even, even whatever is happening in the West is largely a recreational one. On the medical side, there's only four FDA approved products. So, I mean, what are we talking about? It's early days, right? So if you, if you look at depth of uh, pharmacopoeia, we have a much greater depth. It's just that we need to compete on an even plane with scientific validation. So India has not been a sleeping giant. It's just that the cannabis industry globally has been jump-started from US and Canada in a format that is very different from what we are. So that's that's really what it's about. And when, when you say that you want to go China in this industry, so what is the vision behind the company and, you know, and from scale. the foundation level? Impact, impact and scale. See, the thing is like, if you look at fintech in Africa, fintech in India, right? It's fin, it's not fintech because they never had anything before that. So I think that's the scale. Well, the problems we're going after solving have, have gargantuan scale, right? I mean, so, so when we're doing a China, it's, it's just saying that there's so much to be addressed in India, in, in the, and on the scale that we're doing. And, and that would make us, I mean, when you have such a huge domestic requirement, that's when you do a China. Right? I mean, you basically have an automatic, the biggest market, but uh, we are driven by something much different. I think, uh, Shrey, you can touch upon it, man, the extent of like the, the extent of like pain relief and healthcare in India. I mean, you're right at the pulse. So, so uh, one thing I just like, like to point out again, where the fact that I've been mentioned, uh, the lack of scientific validation. 
so in ayurveda in general a clinical evidence or a clinical trial is is not the norm usually when they're launching a particular medicine or or when even a classical medicine for that matter is coming to the market and uh, the reason behind that is that they trust the fact that it was written in the scriptures it is at it as it is and they use it over time not to prove the efficacy of it however when it came to cannabis i mean people were aware and uh, like uh, the fact that there has been like india is a country where in there is some level of cultural acceptance when it comes to cannabis but the fact that there was no scientific validation there was no clinical evidence uh, to this particular thing that this is actually working that's the main reason why a doctor would be apprehensive to uh, uh, onboarding a new medicine in his practice and that's what we're trying to counter even like uh, i mentioned with our first medicine which was trilocavity we ensured that we did a very small clinical trial because when we launched the sampling uh, exercise at that time we got about 3500 hits uh, uh, like 3500 people requested four samples and all registered practitioners from across 26 states of india all the states of india probably and uh, we chose we chose the doctors carefully because we wanted to establish some sort of an evidence prior to launching uh, this medicine for a mass scale and uh, we did that through our case study uh, methodology where we basically started recording case studies of those doctors it wasn't it i like uh, it was uh, it was in the format that uh, the, the doctors were utilizing it for a multitude of ailments when it came to like i said it's a, it's soft tissue master pain some doctors used it uh, for in the case of menstrual pain a lot of doctors used it in the case of post operative pile pain pile scar and some have actually used it in the case of joint uh, joint aches and arthritis as well obviously upping the dosage for uh, for the for that matter but like the fact still remains that this helped this exercise that we did try to launching the medicine held as a standard that sort of a clinical validation and after that like all uh, all the all the blocks kind of uh, all the uh, pieces of the puzzle kind of fell into pieces uh, into place because we then tied that network up with a blockchain uh, framework in order to establish a level of uh, i would say uh, supply chain tracking that has not been witnessed in the industry and they have done it so preemptively having seen the opioid crisis and the results that it has had in the west for that matter so how are you going about educating the doctors and you know making doctors adopt to the new uh, solutions you are bringing in especially from a medicinal point of view as well as a technology point of view so the see technology uh, on the blockchain is a, a passive see i spent part of my career in uh, in in mobile uh, enterprise mobility right so the best form of uh, security you can have is passive right so the blockchain is pre- it's, we both on both them we control that element of it and then again it's on the blockchain so we don't control it beyond that right so we for them they don't feel the they are very well aware that we will not tolerate any sort of over prescription off label selling none of that it's it's a cut off and and you know uh, instant reporting if that happens so they're very well aware of that and we track it and they know we're tracking it but uh, the doctors like even before we launched our first product i think we we met doctors from all over the country uh, cannabis in uh, in ayurveda is not something new it's just that there was no standardization there was no manufacturing quality ingredients gmp like they they needed to like i said to up science that whole practice so while we have resistance from some we've clearly the fact that we've gone from launch in december to now we have a little under 3000 clinics that are prescribing us clearly it's it's there's not as much resistance as as people make out to be right is primarily because of all the steps that we've taken whether it's from manufacturing raw material uh, you know tracking we explain to them the fact that we have 
gone out and done trial the shit so the doctors appreciate that too you know so they appreciate the fact that we're not just peddling something right and while we want to deliver uh, you know a solution to the patients as soon as possible we do have to we we are limiting ourselves because we do have to build that responsible dispensation you know supply chain because once you scale to 10 20000 doctors you know it should work itself out so as a as a layman uh, abhishek and shrey um, see pranab is from the healthcare industry all both of you are also from the healthcare industry i i'm not too familiar with with some of the things so i'm going to ask very layman kind of questions also because we got to bear with me um so where is it that you're using this blockchain in your technology so that people don't you know uh, misuse it um just for me to understand warehouse raw material to warehouse warehouse to factory uh, factory factory to dock okay okay so so the first you know, the first sign of uh, if you look at the opioid crisis and if you look at you know how it spread the first sign of abuse was not uh, uh, on a patient level right it was on a doctor level you had mm. small doctors suddenly mm. you had a high concentration okay. of, yeah. of prescriptions of of orders you know we we do have an internal limit which obviously we don't we will not share in public Yeah. because then you know we have an internal limit and we have certain indicators that will flag so that's how yeah i mean the doctors so, are the conduit okay so now i'm getting the whole idea of like you you can't really like misuse because you're going to be it's going to be also be shown on the blockchain and and you can't really do it because your peers are also going to be knowing about it absolutely and yeah, we absolutely. we've kept it the idea is at any point we we would provide access to the government to whoever else because we i think again see cannabis the other thing that's happened with the ca- overcapitalization of cannabis in in Canada and everywhere we is that uh two things right there've been two splits one is okay, are you trying to find the next intoxicant which is uh, you know an alternative booze or cigarettes right so you've got constellation brands all these guys investing in in cannabis uh and all the tobacco guys except Japan tobacco of course and then you have the the <laughs> and then you have like the 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 medical side right uh, is that what's happened is uh, with so much marketing people have tending tending to believe that cannabis can solve everything right i mean it's like it's a wonder drug you know and cbd is amazing like you take it you can start a car or whatever you know like all the stuff that you couldn't do in life you can do now because you have cbd you know but uh, that's not that's not accurate right so i think uh, we tremendously believe that the doctor is the conduit the doctor is the person that decides with somebody can be given a cannabis based or whatever based anything that is prescription based should go from a doctor after the doctors assess the patient right so i think that's the danger as well so which is why i think it's critical that doctors are the conduit for this but it's responsibly dispensed so you don't find us selling stuff online or you don't find like one doctor mm-hmm. with you know some kind of you know chatbot that's selling weed to people no we don't do that so how are you educating the doctors and how are you regulating these doctors as well as how has the adoption been in the doctors ecosystem so uh, the ecosystem kind of speaks for itself kind of i would say yeah. at this point of time because we started off like uh, like you mentioned uh, the case studies that we started documenting the patient case studies we started sharing them with our doctor network those who had requested for the samples for example to start off with and uh, at at that point of time they got that sort of a validation that okay if this is working out for them let me also try and include that in my factor and that's how they got receptive to them and more importantly when it comes to ayurveda doctors or unani doctors for that matter any alternative uh, science and uh, majority of them have studied it the fact that cannabis or bhang or vijaya as it is referred to as in sanskrit 
is something that is a, a, a potent analgesic and that's how it can actually be used in, in the cases and that's they are aware of the formulations which is that nobody was able to present them in the format that they needed it to be prescribed to patients and we've gone in and filled that major gap that is there we've actually gone in and filled a gap that the doctors needed at that point of time we've not tried to create a new market or we've not tried to create a new segment we just filled a gap and we provided a better more sustainable i can actually take the liberty of saying a more sustainable alternative to uh, when it comes to strong painkillers and like abhi mentioned again and i like to reiterate opioids we aren't saying that opioids are bad in some cases yes you do need them but uh, i mean the way it was being pres- over prescribed in the west and the same crisis that seems to be looming around the shores of india as well at this point in time that can be countered so when you guys actually started doing this working with doctors and sort of doing your case studies um was that after the was there a change in regulation was that when you were able to do all of this there or? is no change in regulation okay, actually the, the okay. what what we the the uh, practice that we're following has not does does not it's not something that's recently approved uh, industry it's, see that's again we started from the problem that we wanted to solve which mm-hmm. was chronic pain which is in a bunch of other ailments then we worked backwards from there now there's a difference right so if you go out and think i want to be in the cannabis industry because it's fashionable right globally its valuations are great you know yeah, you get 20 30 40 60 times revenue great yeah so you want to get into it and then you start looking at then you start looking at cannabis as it is popularly known which is cbd and all the stuff that's popularized in north america and then you try to start pushing products right if you look at products then yeah sure india is an illegal market but if you look at providing a solution using cannabis India is one of the few federally legal countries in the world we can yeah. we can provide doctors in any state in in the country that's not available in the US that doesn't happen in Canada yes but we're one of the few it's just that we don't sell cbd and isolates and stuff but we do have our own you know cannabis industry i mean we had entertainment before netflix right we just yeah. had our own we had fast food before mcdonalds so it you know th- fast food like people in bombay would be pissed if you tell them that fast food only started when mcdonalds launched in india right so so i think that's the way you need to look at it what are you trying to solve you're trying to solve a problem and there is a legal avenue to provide a cannabis based solution then why why would so basically all you know we don't i mean we support every movement right i think everybody has a right to request what they want but in our case for what we are trying to achieve with our patients uh, there is a perfectly legal federal way Uh, for us to operate and this is not something we'd like to take credit for saying or oh, we caused that change no it was always around we just took that the solutions right. approach yeah so that's yeah. and when you look at the supply side of things you know how formal or how fragmented is this uh, supply side of uh, super unfragmented super straight because it's from the excise department there's only one party that gives it to you it's highly regulated uh, you, you can't just go and like buy it in the free market so yeah so it's it's least the least fragmented part of the business and and does it does it also include the quality levels which comes into uh, for your yeah. for your produce so is it always consistent so is there fragmentation yeah. across quality no so basically in again cannabis and ayurveda is one component of what is being what's being delivered so again the global massive marketing campaign around cbd and you know cannabinoid ratios that's all changing a little bit too like in germany for example the people are voting to go off the access program so they can get natural product people are people want something more holistic same in italy as well so the idea is the the entourage effect right just because okay now if you 
pick up a uh, uh, any form of any plant and you you assess one component of it you just because you haven't researched the other components doesn't mean they have no role to play right the entourage effect so in ayurveda cannabis in its entirety i mean she, she knows this better than than all but cannabis in, in the, because you know she is the ayurveda expert definitely hands down in this thing okay so so i'll try to explain it as best as i can but you use the plant in its entirety and uh, it is used for a particular function like analgesic or you know so so as a result this whole cannabinoid ratio while uh, you know we are not at the liberty to disclose because it's illegal to isolate and we we don't isolate so uh, but uh, there is a certain consistency but it goes through a process before it it is uh, you know used in manufacturing so basically when we get a raw material we have a we as a principle like every batch we manufacture we test out all the raw materials that we're using which includes all the active ingredients and then we also test out the final product we always have like a master sample so to say so quote unquote master sample that we need to refer to while trying to qualify a particular batch and that's exactly how we do it and talking about cannabis like it's it's it's, a, it's actually an interesting process how it's actually cleaned and how ayurveda uh, simplifies the whole cleaning process so uh, so to say uh, basically the raw material that we get we first uh, clean out the parts that we are not going to use because we are using leaves so we are going to clean out the stem uh, and anything else that that might be in there we then take the leaves we wash out the leaves and the, the, so this process is called shodhan shodhan of the raw material uh, shodhan of the jeff and uh, we process the leaves and then we basically wash it out and then we dry it in the sun so it, the temperature cannot be higher than 40 degrees celsius else the cannabinoid spectrum is going to change in that case and that's something that uh, that has been prescribed that way and that the plant overall i would say the consistency uh, in terms of effect the consistency in terms of results on the patient they've always been uh, on point yeah nice so uh, there is another angle or uh, not an angle that's a wrong word to say there's another part of this that i that i really found interesting when i was doing a lot of research is the fact that um, there is a lot of benefit to farmers is what i understood is does does it actually yeah. so i want to know more i have i have no idea no. so i'm going to so, let, it, so let you the cannabis industry right in india is one opportunity for us to build something fully indigenous right the plant is indigenous the elements are indigenous the medical form is indigenous and uh, what what is it what 83% of indian farmers have less than 2 hectares right yeah. uh, so it's it's impossible for them to have a cash crop you need a sturdy plant uh, you need scale right now if you look at hemp for example uh, other than the obvious raw material issues that you have in india because of, you know the thc ratio which doesn't let anybody scale you need a relatively large piece of land to to create any sort of value right but with med- with cannabis medical that's not the case right so there's one chance today for us to basically work with farmers as they are because usually the issues here yeah, we need to keep uh, you know have uh, put them together you know and then you know create scale all that stuff that's going to take 20 years right i mean that's going to take 10 15 years there are solutions for it now so that's why we find ourselves in a position to build something that for once benefits all sides of the table right whether it's the farmer whether it's uh, you know the patient i think to to most important uh, parts of this equation um and i think that yeah when you say for farmers of course i think cannabis uh, in itself could do a lot uh, could provide a tremendous amount of benefit once the government approves farming uh, for farmers in in small scale so see basically uh, after in the post covid scenario right after the first wave there was a major deficit of food 
that the fact was that the demand was increased because people were made aware of the fact that alternative medicine is the way forward and tulsi is something that you have to you use in the form of kada to increase improve your immunity mm-hmm. and that's the same thing like over here if we are able to make as many people aware and by people i mean doctors about the benefits and the potential uh, uh, opportunities when it comes to cannabis and cannabis based medicines we'll be able to create a sufficient enough, enough demand in order to be able to sustain the farmers that might be cultivating that particular crop and uh, like i said it's it's medicinal it's not uh, like abhi mentioned over there it's not, it's not something that market it's got to be little bit it's got to be quality and that's something that we can help them achieve as well simultaneously through our standard and, and we don't we're not looking at being a large scale farmer ourselves so we'll yeah. always be about the small farmer like we are we are research we are responsible dispensation we are you know providing solutions but farming we just like to be the provider of best practices um another question that i really had was the fact that you know you spoke about how doctors uh, understand they look at your case studies and and they get convinced about it um as a customer if someone is a little more inquisitive and uh, and if if a doctor is prescribing this to them um is there a preconceived notion in an indian customer uh taking something that is that has a cannabis cannabis content in it even if there is we work the way to counter that particular okay. notion so I would I w- say. yeah how uh, is is that what i know you're building awareness to to so and right. how have you ever faced this and what are the kind of things that you would so we not so when customers directly or patients i would say patients directly reach out to us asking for a particular for uh, this particular uh, medicine cell okay with that for example uh they would state the ailment but we would always direct them to a consultation and more importantly a physical consultation with the doctor in their area and only then a doctor will be able to prescribe that particular medicine we are not directly going to sell it to the consumer and uh, coming to the second part where the doctor prescribes and the patient decides that okay and indian cannabis maybe i can try and abuse it for that matter so just speaking about relocality again the active ingredient component of that particular medicine is 125 mg the actual weight of every tablet varies between 700 to 710 mg there's about 580 mg of fillers in the form of uh, natural fillers that we add in order to ensure that a person cannot consume too many of these tablets at at a point of time in order to even get the slightest psychotropic effect i would say that that is associated with thc a person might have to consume close to 50 of these tablets i would say and that's not that's not a, that's not humanly possible yeah. yeah so here you are productizing the essence of ayurveda and cannabis so what has it been and how have you guys been going to market and you know how are you encapsulating all of this because there's a lot of solutions which comes out of this right when you just look into pain management there are many vectors of pain management so how is that organized and how is that dispersed into the market in in terms of ailments we obviously refer to the you know the the classical formulations is i mean it's a it's a very rich pharmacopoeia i mean ayurveda is a product of many 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 years right so so the idea is basically research formulate uh test uh, and distribute right so i think that's really the for what we follow every time research formulate test distribute and that's how we're going to go further as well uh even for anything proprietary or all and i mean we've, we've done some western cell research for transdermal technologies and stuff so we'll always be driven by that that scientific layer on traditional knowledge but at the end this this dispensed by our doctors 
Now, one of the things also with doctors and patients is that the Ayurveda doctor tends to be like a GP, right, of that area, like a, and and people trust him. So the level of trust between Ayurveda doctor and patients is pretty high. So when he prescribes something, uh, and also reputation on his side is quite important. So, mm-hmm. so those two things work really well, and that the patient is a believer in because he trusts the doctor, and the doctor does not dispense anything for the sake of it because he has a reputation to protect. Because it's usually a generational thing. Yeah. and i think ay- ayurvedic doctors is also sort of a generational uh, thing yep. am i am i am i right in saying that so there is some level of trust that the patient also has on the doctor nice that's there that's there but like it's one of the fastest growing uh, uh, yeah. i would say pathways in terms of the number of doctors joining an average of 20 to 30000 new graduates are actually taking up ayurveda at this point of time so yeah even when we are onboarding a doctor we validate yeah. the registration id that yeah. they uh, that they are utilizing yeah. not to ensure that yeah it's, it's actually not a quack yeah, yeah. so what it's it's been like like 2 years how long has it been since you guys started m street feb 2019 right so about feb 19 okay but so, you know the idea has been happening a little bit before yeah okay so since founding what is the uh, what was the biggest challenge that you founders face since the inception of this Uh, I think I think regulatory environment was I mean to understand not that it was difficult but to understand it because again we didn't start off with the trying to build a cannabis company right mm-hmm. so we started off with the conduit to solve these these ailments to try and fight the opioid crisis so as a result we had to start from scratch to understand and it was a pretty opaque I mean there wasn't any significant player like those we didn't see anybody's products all over the shelves I mean we operated these massive uh, this massive doctor network we didn't see any any products like it's not like we could follow somebody you know we had nobody to follow especially for what we wanted to build so i think that was that took a lot of our time to to understand how we could build a world class organization within ayurveda in india so, yeah. and uh, we prioritized research as well for that matter like initially we yeah. the first year year and a half i would say we just focused on building the research partnerships and understanding what exactly is the potential of this or and that's when we actually got into we were the first medicinal cannabis startup to get integrated at CSI AAAM the first medicinal cannabis startup to actually have won the biotechnology ignition grant of Biorac which is a department of biotechnology government of India grant pretty big deal uh, pretty matter. big deal yeah, yeah. and that the fact that they are also i mean the, the smart folks over there are also ready to back us this proves of proves thing that there is definitely some impetus behind this thing too No, no, and so we're in for the long term. I think everybody we work with sees that, right? I mean, we we could have just built, uh, you know, we've got we could have built a two or three doctor team in house and just done a bunch of SEO, right? I mean, that that really was what you would need to do something quick and dirty. But we built for the long term. Even sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it hurts sometimes when you have to, you know, scale a little bit slower than you want. Yeah. Because we built for the long term, and our partners see that, the government sees that, you know, our doctors see that. So yeah, and you know, uh, going back on the regulations, because we were working out of Indonesia, which is a heavily regulated company. I mean, country when it comes to medical products. So a lot of our failures also go back to these regulations, right? So uh, it took us a lot of time to navigate through because it's hyper regulated uh, when you see it from outside, but internally it's extremely uh, difficult to handle as well. So how were you navigating that? Because that was that was no. prolonging. things for you as well right like no but i think i think uh, that's the thing right you have two uh, ways of going about starting those business either you look at india and say oh my god cbd is illegal 
what are we going to do? Let's lobby the government to legalize CBD. The second is you look at, I mean, we were actually lucky. I mean, we took a little bit, like like Shrey said, we took a little bit more time doing research because yes, we are not cannabis scientists, right? Mm-hmm. Not me, not Shrey. So I think we needed to build that confidence in the plant itself and, and you know, to, to go forward. So what we are doing today is, again, not a function of any lobbying or anything. I mean, cannabis was legal in Ayurveda since ever, even during the NDPS Act, it was not taken out of Ayurveda. It's just that there was the remaining stuff, the research part of it, the scientific validation, the the manufacturing, all that was not, the need was there, but the doctors are aware of it. So we just had to get all those to understand. We came fresh into this market. I mean, it's not like I built a cannabis company and, you know, somewhere else and I came in thing in India again. No, we were fresh. So we... Again, if you want to build something for the long term, you need to kind of know as much about it as possible. Right? So we have a, I mean, I, I like the fact that how you guys came in fresh and, and you know, you just, just, just took research on, which is very important. And, and, and it's not a lot of entrepreneurs who do that. They first want to go bang, 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 and, and then, you know, go and sell their product. But it was, it's really nice that you guys do the research. So I'm going to go, we're going to go sort of into a little more like, personal question so uh, as entrepreneurs i want to ask you guys um, what what has been your favorite failure in this industry generally i mean several man i, I can't i'd say uh, i was in so i started off in the video games business um, i would say uh, yeah but um been in you know automotive classifies mobile security i think the favorite failure would be uh, i built a fantasy football games company out of cyprus and uh, yeah, it was a crash and burn, I would say. I mean, I left. So um, it kind of, uh, I understood corporate structures a little bit after that, you know, and how you need to have a board, you need to have, you know, I, I knew that before, but, you know, feeling this thing that I sort of co-founded, I think it gave me a lot of uh, uh, perspective into perception and focus, like a perception and, and, and how you structure a corporate entity. I think that's kind of helped the too. So I would say, I would probably go back to my first year at uh, working as a business analyst in a corporate. That, I mean, that I, I just didn't fit into that sort of a setting. And uh, I don't know, I, I can't pinpoint as to what exactly it was. And uh, because people were nice, the people I was working with, nice, the company was nice, the pay was good and everything was, I mean, as a recent engineering graduate would require. But uh, yeah, <laughs> not quite to my liking. So yeah, that kind of crash and work for me that year. That particular year. What's what's the best part about running Hemp Street? I think the impact we can make it's amazing. So I think it's a it's a uh, I'll say it it's a it's the freshest of the fresh red. I mean I mean we the the cannabis industry is top of mind. It's it's absolutely greenfield. Uh, the fact that we're able to make a big change in people's lives. Also the goals that we're going after to serve three hundred million people over the next five years. I think th- those are the things that you can say when you're doing. You know, you know, something at, at this level and also the recognition that we've gotten globally, I think in the recent past, primarily because of the method in which we operate, the scale we've been able to generate, our focus on ailments that are not fashionable. I mean, our ailments that are not skin care, you know, like so the, uh, to do the unpopular, unfashionable thing, but do it in a, right, an amazing right. kick-ass way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I would also add the uh, Jeff Wheeling statement about us. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Wheeling, yeah. Yeah. When the father of hemp, father of the hemp industry said he's inspired by us. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that counts oh. something. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. So yeah. what would your advice be to startup founders who are quite early in this on this journey? 
build for the long term watch your capital like don't uh, not every business is a burn business not every business is a tech business find out which part of your business needs the tech like don't build excessively complex websites when you don't need it to do business uh, so yeah ca- i would say capital and focus i mean that's a- don't lose sight of the big picture and always do it right don't lose sight of the big picture yeah yeah, yeah. okay so um uh, we have this question we usually ask is that um, either one of you can go or or both of you can go i mean if you guys had a billboard uh, out in the world what would it say yeah i told you we do no i'll tell you this is one of our things right so we don't do any consumer marketing right? we're not <laughs> we're not a b2c company right i mean our entire we chose the hard path i would say our entire business is to meet doctors to so talk to them to do there's no punchline like your hemp seed yeah yeah it's legal or whatever you know no, but, no there's uh, no um, this could be yeah awareness or like like whatever that it doesn't have does not have to be a sales kind of like a line it oh. could just be something that you guys believe in right uh, so one thing that, you guys I mean, really that we really in. wanted that we really did talk about as well we are going to steal this yeah. one from you uh, the <laughs> billboard i mean when we were working on menstrual pain particularly there was this amazing idea that actually came from abhi's mom uh, my mom yeah for reading newspapers are for reading that's what we put on the billboard stand <laughs> for packing stand for stand for packing menstrual hygiene products they're for reading Okay. It was nice. such a stigma, right? It was such a stigma. Yeah. My mom told me, like, remember you go down to the Kirana Dukan and you wrap it in newspaper. Yeah. It was such yeah. a stigma to to hold a sanitary napkin in your hand. Ah, so she said, okay. yeah, news. So the, it would be a hashtag that says newspapers are for reading. Newspapers are for reading. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what are you guys' favorite hobbies like? I mean, what do you guys do in your free time? I do see your drum set in the back, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Um, I don't know. Yeah, read a little bit uh, and drums. And uh, well, I've I've uh, I've no hobbies now. I've a nine month old. I have no time. <laughs> <laughs> and favorite books and hobbies, Shri? Uh, so I'm learning Spanish. If that comes as a hobby right now, yeah, I'm definitely learning Spanish. And yeah, books. I would say uh, zero to one. I mean, that's that's my go-to. That's a good read. All right, thank you so much guys. I think we had a lot of fun catching up once again and and thank you so and much. I I mean I'm I'm really happy you guys sort of uh, put up with our put put up at least with my layman questions but but uh, it's something that I oh, that yeah. I really wanted to know and I think um I think it's I I, I really uh, you know learned a lot from you guys today and and I think it's really going to help a lot of people also to know the real thing that 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 you guys are doing rather than just uh look at it with preconceived notions yeah and i, I think the good part is that uh when you're trying to solve a problem of this scale right um uh, scale happens so even if you're doing the right thing you can yeah. scale you don't have to constantly try and you know change your path because that's the fashionable way yeah to solving a big problem you'll succeed if you solve it and i think that's really going for us right now Thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast. You can follow us on Instagram for all our latest updates. Until next time signing off. This is Pranab and my co-host Janish. Thank you.